Acts 19 to Acts 21 New English Translation While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul went through the inland regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples there and said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul said, Into what then were you baptized? Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. Now there were about twelve men in all, so Paul entered the synagogue and spoke out fearlessly for three months, addressing and convincing them about the kingdom of God. But when some were stubborn and refused to believe, reviling the way before the congregation, he left them and took the disciples with him, addressing them every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all who lived in the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands, so that when even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his body were brought to the sick, their diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. But some itinerant Jewish exorcists tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were possessed by evil spirits, saying, I sternly warn you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now seven sons of a man named Siva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this, but the evil spirit replied to them, I know about Jesus and I am acquainted with Paul, but who are you? Then the man who was possessed by the evil spirit jumped on them and beat them all into submission. He prevailed against them so that they fled from that house naked and wounded. This became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, fear came over them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was praised. Many of those who had believed came forward, confessing and making their deeds known. Large numbers of those who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them up in the presence of everyone. When the value of the books was added up, it was found to total 50,000 silver coins. In this way the word of the Lord continued to grow in power and to prevail. Now after all these things had taken place, Paul resolved to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. He said, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So after sending two of his assistants, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, he himself stayed on for a while in the province of Asia. At that time a great disturbance took place concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought a great deal of business to the craftsmen. He gathered these together, along with the workmen in similar trades, and said, Men, you know that our prosperity comes from this business. And you see and hear that this Paul has persuaded and turned away a large crowd, not only in Ephesus but in practically all of the province of Asia, by saying that gods made by hands are not gods at all. There is danger not only that this business of ours will come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be regarded as nothing, and she whom all the province of Asia and the world worship will suffer the loss of her greatness. When they heard this they became enraged and began to shout, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! The city was filled with the uproar, and the crowd rushed to the theatre together, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, the Macedonians who were Paul's travelling companions. But when Paul wanted to enter the public assembly, the disciples would not let him. Even some of the provincial authorities who were his friends sent a message to him, urging him not to venture into the theatre. So then some were shouting one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had met together. Some of the crowd concluded it was about Alexander because the Jews had pushed him to the front. Alexander, gesturing with his hand, was wanting to make a defense before the public assembly. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! For about two hours. After the city secretary quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, 
What person is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is the keeper of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image that fell from heaven? So because these facts are indisputable, you must keep quiet and not do anything reckless. For you have brought these men here who are neither temple robbers nor blasphemers of our goddess. If then Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a complaint against someone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls, let them bring charges against one another there. But if you want anything in addition, it will have to be settled in a legal assembly. For we are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause we can give to explain this disorderly gathering. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. After the disturbance had ended, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them and saying farewell, he left to go to Macedonia. After he had gone through those regions and spoken many words of encouragement to the believers there, he came to Greece, where he stayed for three months. Because the Jews had made a plot against him as he was intending to sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. Paul was accompanied by Sopater son of Pyrrhus from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derbe, and Timothy, as well as Tychicus and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These had gone on ahead and were waiting for us in Troas. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and within five days we came to the others in Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul began to speak to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he extended his message until midnight. Now there were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting, a young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, was sinking into a deep sleep while Paul continued to speak for a long time. Fast asleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. But Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, put his arms around him, and said, Do not be distressed, for he is still alive. Then Paul went back upstairs, and after he had broken bread and eaten, he talked with them a long time, until dawn. Then he left. They took the boy home alive and were greatly comforted. We went on ahead to the ship and put out to sea for Assos, intending to take Paul aboard there, for he had arranged it this way. He himself was intending to go there by land. When he met us in Assos, we took him aboard and went to Mytilene. We set sail from there, and on the following day we arrived off Chios. The next day we approached Samos, and the day after that we arrived at Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so as not to spend time in the province of Asia, for he was hurrying to arrive in Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus he sent a message to Ephesus, telling the elders of the church to come to him. When they arrived, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I set foot in the province of Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, and with the trials that happened to me because of the plots of the Jews. You know that I did not hold back from proclaiming to you anything that would be helpful, and from teaching you publicly and from house to house, testifying to both Jews and Greeks about repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem without knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit warns me in town after town that imprisonment and persecutions are waiting for me. But I do not consider my life worth anything to myself, so that I may finish my task and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the good news of God's grace. And now I know that none of you among whom I went around proclaiming the kingdom will see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of you all. For I did not hold back from announcing to you the whole purpose of God. Watch out for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God that He obtained with the blood of His own Son. I know that after I am gone fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Even from among your own group men will arise, teaching perversions of the truth to draw the disciples away after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that night and day for three years I did not stop warning each one of you with tears.
And now I entrust you to God and to the message of His grace. This message is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have desired no one's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine provided for my needs and the needs of those who are with me. By all these things, I have shown you that by working in this way we must help the weak, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He Himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When He had said these things, He knelt down with them all and prayed. They all began to weep loudly, and hugged Paul and kissed him, especially saddened by what he had said, that they were not going to see him again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. After we tore ourselves away from them, we put out to sea, and sailing a straight course, we came to Kos, on the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patara. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went aboard, and put out to sea. After we sighted Cyprus and left it behind on our port side, we sailed on to Syria and put in at Tyre because the ship was to unload its cargo there. After we located the disciples, we stayed there seven days. They repeatedly told Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. When our time was over, we left and went on our way. All of them, with their wives and children, accompanied us outside of the city. After kneeling down on the beach and praying, we said farewell to one another. Then we went aboard the ship, and they returned to their own homes. We continued the voyage from Tyre and arrived at Ptolemaeus, and when we had greeted the brothers, we stayed with them for one day. On the next day we left and came to Caesarea, and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied, while we remained there for a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. He came to us, took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says this, this is the way the Jews in Jerusalem will tie up the man whose belt this is and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, both we and the local people begged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul replied, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be tied up, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Because he could not be persuaded, we said no more except, The Lord's will be done. After these days we got ready and started up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea came along with us too, and brought us to the house of Manasseh of Cyprus, a disciple from the earliest times, with whom we were to stay. When we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers welcomed us gladly. The next day Paul went in with us to see James, and all the elders were there. When Paul had greeted them, he began to explain in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all ardent observers of the law. They have been informed about you, that you teach all the Jews now living among the Gentiles to abandon Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What then should we do? They will no doubt hear that you have come. So do what we tell you, we have four men who have taken a vow, take them and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses, so that they may have their heads shaved. Then everyone will know there is nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself live in conformity with the law. But regarding the Gentiles who have believed, we have written a letter, having decided that they should avoid meat that has been sacrificed to idols and blood and what has been strangled and sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men the next day, and after he had purified himself along with them, he went to the temple and gave notice of the completion of the days of purification, when the sacrifice would be offered for each of them. When the seven days were almost over, the Jews from the province of Asia who had seen him in the temple area stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people, our law, and this sanctuary. Furthermore he has brought Greeks into the inner courts of the temple and made this holy place ritually unclean. For they had seen Trophimus the Ephesian in the city with him previously, 
and they assumed Paul had brought him into the inner temple courts, the whole city was stirred up, and the people rushed together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple courts, and immediately the doors were shut. While they were trying to kill him, a report was sent up to the commanding officer of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to the crowd. When they saw the commanding officer and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commanding officer came up and arrested him and ordered him to be tied up with two chains, he then asked who he was and what he had done. But some in the crowd shouted one thing, and others something else, and when the commanding officer was unable to find out the truth because of the disturbance, he ordered Paul to be brought into the barracks. When he came to the steps, Paul had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob, for a crowd of people followed them, screaming, away with him. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commanding officer, may I say something to you? The officer replied, do you know Greek? Then you're not that Egyptian who started a rebellion and led the 4,000 men of the assassins into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of an important city. Please allow me to speak to the people. When the commanding officer had given him permission, Paul stood on the steps and gestured to the people with his hand. When they had become silent, he addressed them in Aramaic, Psalm 76 to Psalm 77 New English Translation for the music director, to be accompanied by stringed instruments, a psalm of Asaph, a song. God has revealed Himself in Judah, in Israel His reputation is great. He lives in Salem, He dwells in Zion. There He shattered the arrows, the shield, the sword, and the rest of the weapons of war. Selah, you shine brightly and reveal your majesty, as you descend from the hills where you killed your prey. The brave-hearted were plundered, they fell asleep. All the warriors were helpless. At the sound of your battle cry, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse fell asleep. You are awesome. Yes, you. Who can withstand your intense anger? From heaven you announced what their punishment would be. The earth was afraid and silent when God arose to execute judgment, and to deliver all the oppressed of the earth. Selah, certainly your angry judgment upon men will bring you praise, you reveal your anger in full measure. Make vows to the Lord your God and repay them. Let all those who surround him bring tribute to the awesome one. He humbles princes, the kings of the earth regard him as awesome. For the music director, Jedithan, a psalm of Asaph. I will cry out to God and call for help. I will cry out to God and He will pay attention to me. In my time of trouble I sought the Lord. I kept my hand raised in prayer throughout the night. I refused to be comforted. I said, I will remember God while I groan, I will think about Him while my strength leaves me. Selah, you held my eyelids open, I was troubled and could not speak. I thought about the days of old, about ancient times. I said, during the night I will remember the song I once sang, I will think very carefully. I tried to make sense of what was happening. I asked, will the Lord reject me forever? Will He never again show me His favor? Has His loyal love disappeared forever? Has His promise failed forever? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has His anger stifled His compassion? Selah, then I said, I am sickened by the thought that the Most High might become inactive. I will remember the works of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the amazing things you did long ago. I will think about all you have done, I will reflect upon your deeds. O oh God, your deeds are extraordinary. What God can compare to our great God? You are the God who does amazing things, you have revealed your strength among the nations. You delivered your people by your strength, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Selah, the waters saw you, O oh God, the waters saw you and trembled. Yes, the depths of the sea shook with fear. The clouds poured down rain, the skies thundered. Yes, your arrows flashed about. Your thunderous voice was heard in the wind, the lightning bolts lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. 
You walked through the sea, you passed through the surging waters, but left no footprints. You led your people like a flock of sheep, by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Proverbs 13 1 Proverbs 13 8 New English Translation A wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer has never listened to rebuke. From the fruit of his speech a person eats good things, but the treacherous desire the fruit of violence. The one who guards his words guards his life, whoever is talkative will come to ruin. The appetite of the sluggard craves but gets nothing, but the desire of the diligent will be abundantly satisfied. The righteous person will reject anything false, but the wicked person will act in shameful disgrace. Righteousness guards the one who lives with integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is one who pretends to be rich and yet has nothing, another pretends to be poor and yet possesses great wealth. The ransom of a person's life is his wealth, thus the poor person has never heard a threat. Dot 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 the scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible https colon slash slash netbible.com copyright 1996, 2019 used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC All Rights Reserved. All glory to God in the highest.